Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're going to have to figure out how we rein in our media environment so that you can't just spew disinformation and misinformation. What about the gentlewoman from New York who defended the looting by saying looters just wanted loaves of bread? Well, the last I checked, Best Buy and Teslas and stores of the like do not produce baked goods. Where's the accountability for the left? after encouraging and normalizing violence. We need to start at the top, like any counterterrorism effort, which is total isolation of the President of the United States. Impeachment, yes. 25th Amendment, yes. Deplatforming, yes. All of the above. No money, no access to campaign funds. A complete isolation, because as the leader of a terrorist organization is viewed as a loser, as a not winner, it is harder for him to recruit. Are you conflicted as to whether or not react to the cuts on camera, Alice? <laughs> this is classic. Why are you judging me? Don't know how to be. Jeez. There's a lot of judgment in this room. I'm not camera persona. Just ignore the camera. Why does it? You're constantly. I'm ignoring the camera. You're constantly aware of its presence. Um, well, well, well. So the hunt is on. Feel good about that. Whether it's Kurt Schilling or Ben Shapiro or even Olivia Nuzzi. Did you send me that or did I find yes, it myself? Yes, I sent you that. Olivia Nuzzi, back when she was 15 or something, said that Lane Coulter was cool. And now the, um, the, the, um, <laughs> undersized chipmunk called Daniel Dale is, um, going after her. He wants her canceled. They want Politico is staging the staffers are staging a a revolution in the newsroom, and because they had Ben Shapiro write their morning newsletter, uh, you know they want heads to roll there, much like the New York Times or earlier or well, last year at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, so it, the the move is on. The and, and politicians are trying to find a way to uh, put everybody 
all of these enablers, co-conspirators into the truth and reconciliation machine. And uh, and they're doing what they can culturally to create Trump and Trumpism uh, as an equivalent to Nazism. And it's it's um, it is something that is not being accepted in polite society. And it, these people must be pursued. And the ones that can be salvaged must be salvaged. The other ones must be ruined. So, you know, the, oddly enough... When we saw the extreme left acting fascistically, you know, but having to restrain themselves, uh, you know, they no longer feel the need to restrain themselves. And it is on. It is on. Speaking of the extreme left, I stumbled onto something here, Alice. Okay. Alice, sorry. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with... Hold on. Are you familiar with... um, a fellow named, uh, hold on, John Earl Sullivan. No. So John Earl Sullivan. Mm-hmm. John Earl Sullivan was somebody who he was at the Capitol, mm-hmm. and he um, he was inside. He got a lot of that footage, especially of the shooting, Jaden okay. X or whatever. I think. Oh, was. that's Jaden X. That's so the person. So. So his local Fox affiliate. So he's a lefty guy, right? He's a lefty guy, exactly. And he was, I saw someone somewhere was posting video from inside the Capitol from mm-hmm. before looking out at the crowd before they came in as well. Oh, he was so in there? he was inside beforehand, I believe. So it's interesting. So in, so there's a, a news item came out from last week, January 9th, saying Utah activist claims he was just documenting U.S. Capitol insurgents. Mm-hmm. A Utah resident who was among those who breached the Capitol Wednesday says he was only there solely to document the event. You notice, by the way, okay, uh, I'll just keep reading. John Sullivan, a civil rights activist, claims he attended the protest and broke into the Capitol along with the Trump supporters only as a way to give a true view of what was occurring. I was there to record, said Sullivan in a video posted to Periscope Friday. I was there to let people see that situation in the best possible way. Sullivan is the founder of Insurgents USA, an an activist group formed after the killing of George Floyd in the summer of 2020. We want to build local powers to enable the community to intervene in violence enacted by the state and government vigilantes. Our mission is the unification of our nation because a people united will never be divided. This is very original. (laughs) Sullivan told Fox Fox News he attends protests across the country to record what's going on, but did not actively participate in the insurgents in Washington, although he admitted to climbing through a window to gain access to the Capitol. (laughs) I believe that's a crime. So John Um, Sullivan has been uh, apprehended and pulled into the United States federal justice system. And there is the FBI affidavit on the uh, arrest and criminal complaint complaint against John uh, Earl Sullivan. I'm uh, sorry, mm-hmm. John Sullivan. John Earl Sullivan. So it goes yada, yada, yada. talks about his background for a little bit. And then you go down here to... Uh, so this oh, is interesting because oh. a lot of people on the left um, were really mad about Elijah Schaefer. 
who's the Blaze TV reporter who mm-hmm. was there and um, took pictures in Nancy Pelosi's office and stuff. Um, if you recall, so they were like, oh, you're incriminating yourself mm-hmm. and blah, 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 and yelling about how, like, adding the FBI or whatever mm-hmm. they do. So, um, but it transpires, at least according to Glenn Beck and the Blaze, uh, that he had a congressional press pass and was 100% allowed to be there and be in right. the space. But I'm assuming Here's the a complaint is not against gonna... John Sullivan. Okay. Um, after the crowd broke through the last barricade, and as Sullivan and the other others approached the Capitol building, Sullivan can be heard in the video at various, point, at various points saying, There are so many people. Let's go. This SHIT is ours. F yeah. We accomplished this bleep. We did this together. F yeah. We are all part of this history. And let's burn this bleep down. Later, Sullivan's video includes footage of individuals climbing a wall to reach a plaza just outside the Capitol building. As individuals are climbing the wall, Sullivan couldn't be heard saying, You guys are bleeping savage. Let's go. At one point, Sullivan can be heard telling one of the individuals climbing the wall to give Sullivan his hand as individuals in the crowd are calling to help people up the wall. The video records Sullivan's entrance into the U.S. Capitol building through a broken window. Sullivan, once inside the Capitol building, roamed the building with other individuals who unlawfully entered. During one of his interactions with others, Sullivan can be heard in the video saying, We gotta get this bleep burned! At other times, as he was walking through the Capitol, Sullivan can be heard saying, among other things, It's our house, mother bleepers! We are getting this bleep. In addition to several times during the video, Sullivan encounters law enforcement officers who are trying to prevent further advancement through the building, those who went unlawfully. In at least two encounters, Sullivan can be heard in the video arguing with the officers, telling them to stand down so they don't get hurt. Among other things, Sullivan can be heard telling officers, you're putting yourself in harm's way. The people have spoken. And there are too many people. you got to stand down. The people out there that tried to do that bleep, they got hurt. I saw it. I'm caring about you. At one point, at one point in the video, Sullivan enters an office within the U.S. Capitol, as seen in the screenshot below. Once inside the office, Sullivan approaches a window, also seen in the screenshot below. We did this bleep. We took this bleep. While at the window, a knocking noise can be heard off screen. The camera then pans to show more of the window and a broken pane can be seen that was not broken on Sullivan's approach to the window. Sullivan can then be heard saying, I broke it. My bad. Apologies. Well, they already broke a window, so, you know, I didn't hit it that hard. No one got that on camera. Sullivan wisely says while filming. At another point in the video, Sullivan joins a crowd trying to open doors to another part of the U.S. Capitol, which are guarded by law enforcement officers, as seen in the screenshot below. Sorry, I read that part, but I'm just reading as I go. Sullivan can be heard in the video telling other individuals in the crowd, there's officers at the door. Uh, Less than two minutes later, while officers are still at the doors, and as others yell to break the glass windows in, in them with various objects, Sullivan can be heard saying, hey guys, I have a knife, I have a knife, let me up. Eventually, individuals in the crowd outside the doors announce that the officers are leaving and giving us the building. As the crowd begins to uh, part so officers can leave, Sullivan can be heard saying, Haul that mother bleeper out this bitch! Another time in the video. So Sullivan, I believe, is terrorizing the Capitol. Um, Sullivan Sullivan pans to a closed door. It can be heard saying, 
Why don't we go in there? After, Sol- after someone hits against the door, Sullivan can be heard saying, that's what I'm saying. Break that bleep. Further down the hall, Sullivan can be heard saying, it would be, uh, it would be fire if somebody had a revolutionary music in bleep. In a video, once Sullivan reaches the speaker's lobby where uh, victim one was eventually shot, Sullivan can be heard telling one of the law enforcement officers guarding the doors, as seen in the screenshot below, we want you to go home. I'm recording, and there's so many people, and they're going to push their way up here. Bro, I've seen people out there get hurt. I don't want to see you get hurt. Uh, eventually, the law officers... Sorry. Same. That was him saying that? Because yes. I did hear that in the yep. video. Interesting. As this is happening, Sullivan can be heard yelling at the officers, I want you to go home, and then yelling, go, go, go. Go get this bleep. Sullivan then films as the other officers try to break the, out the glass. Shortly thereafter, the video includes footage of victim one getting shot as she tries to enter the building. Now, this is what I would call incitement, specifically, to meet the legal definition of when he's saying, like, let's go, let's get in there. That's incitement. That's what's not covered by free speech, which is not what Trump did in his speech that day. But Right. So, so this is... At least one of these dudes uh, right here is a leftist, either BLM-ish or anti Yeah, no, he's definitely he's a, 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 a leftist terrorist. Now, mm-hmm. these the the uh, Antifa so folks often have people wearing press uh, stuff, um, press stuff as part of the action. Right. So, but now, did he has he made any statement on this about like the things he says? In Since he's videos? been gyped, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I assume that he's clamming up at this point. He's got a whole bunch of federal charges against him. But I mean, it's possible. I'm just curious what the um, what the like uh, explanation, what possible explanation he could give for for that because that's not generally how reporters react to scenes of violence in front of them god you know max max blumenthal mm-hmm. max blumenthal editor of the gray zone uh says john sullivan was at the forefront of pro-trump violence in the capital egging it on as he filmed now he's exhibit a and the right wing claims that antifa instigated the front the riot I investigate his disturbing history of sabotaging BLM while posing as a leader. So now yep. the left is trying not to claim him, too. Right. I mean, it kind of feeds what I think. And I've said all along, like, when people tell me Antifa was there, I'm like, I'm sure there was a range of people there. Because there always is. Because anytime you have chaos and violence, you always get a bunch of different types of people in the crowd. And, you know, the... The... um. The left in the summer with George Floyd, when there was violence, uh, you know, some people said, well, violence and rioting is great. But other people said, well, that was just neo-Nazis who were in the crowd, who were doing it, who showed up to sabotage our protests and make us look bad. You know, and now the right's doing the same thing. You know, he's clearly a left-wing guy. I don't think there's any any real debate about that. He's been at left-wing stuff for months and months now. Uh, But... You know, it It only proves that he was there. You know what I'm saying, kinda? Like I think that there are plenty of right wing people there too. I don't oh, no, think it absolutely. proves I don't think it proves that it's a false flag. No, 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 no. But to, to but, see that there was a conglomeration was, of people there. Right. And and there were eight political people there too. The guy who stole the podium, um, they people pulled up his voter file. He's never voted since he's been registered. So you know, there's people of all stripes. 
when you have mob events like this, like there's all kinds of people there. Um, but yeah, certainly here is one who is definitely a left winger who is absolutely inciting, instigating, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, unlike Elijah Schaefer from The Blaze, uh, absolutely didn't have the right to be there. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to take a long time to sort through all this stuff. Yes, very interesting. Very interesting. So, but the but the, the narrative is what the narrative is. The, the big push is on right now. The hunt is on. And if you're listening to this podcast, perhaps you are on the wrong end of that hunt. So, um, we'll just get right in with AOC and her... Um, her excitement over a possible Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Baby steps, AOC. There's absolutely a commission that's being discussed, but it, it seems to be more investigatory. Um, in unfortunately, we wanted an, uh, you know, an interrogation <laughs> unit, but right now, unfortunately. Style rather than Truth and Reconciliation. Um, and so I think that's... Can you imagine... Right. Somebody saying those words, truth and reconciliation. As though the fact that we're not having one is a bad thing. I've yes. never, I've heard right wing people right. say it, you know, as a, as a thing, as a scare tactic. They're going to do truth and reconciliation commission, but, but rarely do people in seriousness suggest that we should have them. Because <laughs> they, I would think they have rarely kind of a bad. Rarely did they used to say we should have them. <sighs> we have gone, there are people, very well credentialed people, and we're going to hear from some soon who are suggesting that we need to take a wartime footing on this. Right. And so now they've got the levers of power, and they've mm -hmm. got momentum, and people are on the run, and so here we go. It's an interesting concept for us to explore. Um, and, you know, I do think that uh, several members of Congress in some of my discussions have brought up uh, media literacy because that is a part of what happened here. Um, and... We're going to have to figure out how we rein in our media environment so that you can't rein it in, AOC. Uh, yeah. But I guarantee you, how far are we going back? Can we go back to 2016 or no? <laughs> We're only going back about two weeks. Just spew disinformation and misinformation. It's one thing to have differing opinions, but um, it's another thing entirely to just say things that are false. Um, and so that's something that we're looking into. Can you imagine then who decides what things are false? Right. Way? Who decides exactly what that is? Uh, you know? I assume Daniel Dale. <laughs> right. Right. Daniel Dale does. And what was John Sullivan watching? I wonder. I wonder what news outlets he watched. I assume right. he was a Hannity guy. Ugh. Thanks, AOC. Always helping. Always mm -hmm. healthy. That's So I assume now um, all the brave firefighter journalists... Um, that believe extremely strongly in freedom of speech independent from the political class are going to decry her um, her demands that the media be held accountable. Absolutely. They, Ab they don't like politicians telling them what they can and can't no, say. No, remember right? Charlie Hebdo? No, and the attack on right? the Maryland, the Annapolis paper? Mm -hmm. Remember? It yep. just happened. This is very dangerous. The mythology of whiteness. Thank you. The grandeur <laughs> Jesus, grandeur. The grandeur. I do like that in a way. The grandeur. God, can you imagine? <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah. Uh, so Amanda Carpenter has some important questions for us, too, that she tweeted today. Um, she says, question. 
If a former president is barred from office, can he still operate a PAC and work to defeat or elect other candidates? Can he host political events at his establishments? Can he pay people to support or oppose candidates? How active can he still be in the political process? Right. Amanda Carpenter, a Republican, uh, but who was a never-Trumper and a right. Cruz uh, person for a while there, uh, who's a vindictive, uh, nasty person. Yes. Well, what if we can't follow? This reminds me of when, when um, uh, Shirley Young was going after Kirk Minahan. Mm-hmm. Saying, I, I know that he's off radio. Finally, we did that. We got him off radio. But but he could still do this podcast and say anything he wants to. And I'm worried about that. What if he says anything he wants to? What if Trump gives political speeches even after we bar him Well, from that's office? right. And that's why the experts, the Obama-era experts, <laughs> the highly credentialed, currently teaching at Harvard experts, mm-hmm. are codifying this new truth mm-hmm. uh, into uh, into our political climate right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so that yes, Juliet Kayyem, you know, Massachusetts, Cambridge's own Juliet Kayyem mm-hmm. says yes, no, Trump has to be cut off. What we have to remember is Trump is the um, spiritual, but I will also say operational leader of this domestic terrorism effort. He tells them where to go. He t- you hear those words she just forced in there? Yeah. She is somebody who they go to to talk about like the Boston Marathon bombing right, and all this like other stuff. Right, she's like a security stuff. expert Exactly, person. that's a highly credentialed to Harvard. Uh-huh. She's given all the right talks and she goes to all the right uh, other, or the right uh, dinners and award shows and she's got all the right yard signs. Tells them what to do. He tells them why they're angry. So yes, he's a spiritual leader. Trump, mm-hmm. he is the Bin Laden. You know, just like they were saying yesterday, he's mm-hmm. the Bin Laden of this of this uh, effort. And so, yeah, I mean, they just wait for his signals. Um, and so, uh, we need to start at the top, like any counterterrorism effort, which is total isolation of the president of the United States. So, do you need a counterterrorism uh, expert on? No, not unless it's a counterterrorism event. Right. And so you have the expert here telling you that yes, that's what this event mm-hmm. was, and he's the leader. As it's, I go. Not just she's been through many. She's she studied many terrorists: Bin Laden and the Blind Sheikh and the Al Qaeda jerks and the Trumps, and you know she's done mm-hmm. all sorts of terrorist uh, uh, investigations. Impeachment, yes. Twenty Fifth Amendment, yes. Deplatforming, yes. All of the above. No money. No access to campaign funds. A complete isolation because as no money. Deplatforming, yes. All those things. You must use all those things to persecute mm-hmm. this one one person, yep. no matter what. All of those things. This is and, and she's not inciting violence now. By the way. She's yeah. just saying that he's Osama bin Laden and he has to be treated as a terrorist because he's a religious terrorist leader who can reactivate his people. Mm-hmm. So he has to be persona non grata and pursued and hunted, essentially is what she's saying. But there, but CNN is being totally responsible and not, <laughs> not bringing the temperature up whatsoever by saying this about a guy who designs golf courses for a living. This is remarkable. And what is that called? The kind of law, if you have one law that's punitive against one person? Hmm? It's illegal. You can't have a law that's punitive against one person. I'm not sure what you mean. I you don't. don't there's don't a um, there's a word for it. Somebody will know. Somebody okay. will. Know. The leader of a terrorist organization is viewed as a loser, as a not winner. It is harder for him to recruit. Right, and that's why we got to move now because mm-hmm. this is actual combat. He's going to have his radical elements. We will arrest them. We will isolate them. Uh, but what we have to make sure is that Donald. Wait, wait, hold on. What are we arresting the, quote, radical elements for? I know. 
What does, I mean, you know, you're even allowed to walk around with antlers on <laughs> if you want to. In this, you're re-resting the radical elements even before they've radicalized? Yeah. Is that what we're doing here? To, to what extent are we going to go and arrest everybody who, are see, who we've deemed, you know, Harvard credentialed uh, professors looking to be media stars have deemed to be radicals? Mm -hmm. This is pure... Now, of course, there's two, Jim Shuto and Harley Popo, or whatever her name is, is, is on scene and are asking the questions to Julie Kayyem, and neither of these journalists follow up whatsoever and say, aren't there civil liberty concerns, by the way, on how we're coming down on radicals? What, what, what does it mean What do you exactly? mean by radicals? Right. Exactly? Do you mean just anyone who voted for Trump? Or Well, yes. <laughs> we have to, we've got to arrest them. Well, oh, geez. Okay. Trump does not have a second act. I know I sound incredibly harsh right now calling the president. So Trump doesn't have a second act. So you're going to do what to make sure that even if mm -hmm. he legally is eligible to run for president again and the public is interested in nominating him to be president? Right. You're going to use what measure of uh, counter intel to compromise him, to kneecap him so that can't happen? This is dictatorship this stuff right that we're hearing right. right here this is secret police stuff right here with a happier pro cnn harvard crimson face well obviously all the i mean all the fascist movements are popular or they mm -hmm. wouldn't gain power so you know the the authoritarians are on the side of the majority of the population and what they want so if you're you know if you think that just because your point of view is popular you can lock up everybody who has a different point of view or kick them off the internet or whatever else, you know, then then you're the ones who are the authoritarians and the fascists, not the other people. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, um, it's not the people that are getting banned off the internet who are the fascists, just <laughs> FYI, you know. And I, I don't think most Democrats are fascists. I think most Democrats are pretty moderate people who who don't really care what trump tweets about you know but but there is well i i think most of them don't think they're fascists certainly. well well i mean i don't know because sure. i don't want to overuse like, fascist like right, they've used, right so. exactly that's what i'm saying like i don't think most of them are like that but there's certainly to use juliet kyam's words a radical element within the democratic party that really well, believes that you know they have a mandate to rid society entirely of anyone who thinks differently from them. Right. Well, and also, if you have a group of Americans who mm -hmm. are speaking in a way um, that you don't agree with, um, mm -hmm. then to crack down on them would be uh, fascistic. But if you have a group of Americans mm -hmm. who are tied to a terrorist cell and you crack down on them, you're simply doing counter-terrorism measures. Right, right. I mean, and and they don't think that they're uh, being authoritarian because- I don't care what they, they think, think. That they're, they're like, short-sighted. So, but you listen to like AOC and she's like, well, we can all have different opinions, but you can't just lie and spew your stuff. I mean, you can have, your favorite color can be blue or orange. I'm not going to stop you. Take your pick. You know, I'm not going to lock up people just because their favorite color is orange and I like blue. That would be totally unfair. It's just if you have a different opinion on anything important- then that's when I'll lock you up. Then that's when I'll close down your media operation. That's when I'll remove it from the internet. That's when I'll make sure that your newspaper can't use Twitter. That's all. Just just if just if we disagree about something that um, fundamentally is important to both of us, then then that's when the 
the banning will come in. President, uh, this, but we are in the tactical response right now. Enough with the let's unity and stuff. This is a tactical effort right now to make sure that we protect American citizens and, of course, the next president of the United States. Ratcheted us right down to DEFCON 1. Who knew? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a war on. You know, should we suspend habeas corpus right now? Mm-hmm. Might as well. These are extraordinary times yeah, now. Yeah, we're in this the is... tactical phase of the operation. Yes. We're like sweeping any... for terrorists at this moment. Yes, the same way we responded to 9-11, Trump's attack, directly mm-hmm. at, uh, attack, was the same exact thing as 9-11. So now it's time to do it. Now it's time to, to go there. By the way, Bill of Attainder is what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Bill of Attainder. You know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, did you know what that is? No. Mm, okay. Um, so, uh, so, and Kayan, by the way, says there's another element that plays into this mm-hmm. entire movement. You'll be shocked to, to hear what it is. Here's what, uh, what needs to happen, because it is clear uh, that there is a radicalized, violent element within some of these police departments, uh, the military. The military has been monitoring for a while. Uh, the shocker was, of course, the Secret Service, which tends to be viewed as a, a more elite entity. So there needs to be an immediate scrub of these people, and I mean it in the, in the nicest way possible. Uh, the unions are very important in this regard. The unions have been way too passive about MAGA and about Trump. They need to get on uh, their personnel. Uh, and then I thought the unions are supposed to represent the members, not No, uh, they've been way too soft on people <laughs> who believe in MAGA, make America great again, who believe in America first, who believe in a strong military, small government, small taxes. Those people, that all equals MAGA. So anybody who carries those values with them, go through the Facebook pages of everybody in your unit uh, in on the on mm-hmm. the base and I, I, in all the law enforcement departments, and find people who carry these similar similar values as Trump. Yeah, I and, mean these are people who have terrorist sympathies. Right, exactly, and we have to get rid of them, purge them out of government. Uh, finally, and I just you know leave everyone with hope. It's going to be a, a hard couple days. Uh- she wants to leave everybody with hope. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Not you, us. She doesn't want to leave us with those. Right. We're, you're only telling us we have to mobilize for a tactical response mm-hmm. against uh, you know millions of Americans by driving them either into jails or out of their <laughs> livelihoods. Uh, and but now she goes where we knew she'd have to go. Um, uh, the extent to which. Donald Trump, his family, and his enablers have nurtured white radical extremism. Racism Mm. is is the right way to put it. Uh, Have nurtured racism. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't know who Richard Spencer was if it wasn't for CNN. Right. That's nurturing a racist. Trump doesn't nurture racism, racists. He's got a diverse uh, family, uh, you know, certainly through this filter of... uh, of um, the Stormfront magazine reading crew, I mean, nurture racists. It's can you? But she's the expert. She's mm-hmm. the expert. She's mm-hmm. a defense expert. She feels good about herself and smart. And she does. She was in the Obama administration somewhere here and there. She gets overpaid a lot of money to give talks to scare people at dinners. Yeah. And she's very credentialed, so this must be true. It all must be true. Is We can't even measure it. They have welcomed this element uh, back publicly. It's always been there, but they've welcomed them publicly. And I think a lot of shaming has to occur. A lot of uh, isolation has to occur. And then we can talk about unity. A lot of shaming and isolation. Not good your neighbors, <laughs> by the way. Because if they're into Trump, then we know why they're into Trump. But we're not yeah. we're we're yeah. in the tactical phase of a counterterrorism effort right now. 
Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Like the only the only side that mentions race every 11 seconds is the left. And they've been doing it for more than four the years. The mythology of whiteness. <laughs> Nobody ever. I never. I have never studied the concept of blackness or brownness or whatever other colors there are in this. <laughs> you know? But we are the one who brought. We've been nurturing race again. Nurturing yeah. race. Crazy. I don't. I don't know conservatives who mm-hmm. are parts of anti-racist consortiums who go yeah. around shaking down businesses and go around checking, counting race races in buildings and office buildings. Yeah. So this is one of my biggest problems with like the believe science crowd, uh, which is also the woke uh, anti-racism crowd, is that. If you were like a science person or a serious social scientist, you would want to know, does all this talk about race and awareness of race and self-examination for racism and thinking about the mythology of whiteness and all this stuff and talking about the invisible backpack of privilege and all this stuff, I would want to know, does this have actual tangible effects on a, how people treat each other. Do bias incidents go down if you put them put everybody in a in a company through this training? Do do people become less racist? Do they work together better? Do you make more money as a company? Does um, housing does if a bank does it do, does do the amount of loans that they give to black families go up then if you if you put a a bunch of bank employees through this type of training and teach them all this stuff and. I don't know if anybody's actually studied that to actually find out the true answer, but I have a feeling, I have a feeling that if somebody had and the answer were it actually helps with any, you know, tangible effects of supposed, you know, white supremacy in America, that we would, that we would have heard about it. Because I've never heard anybody actually make a claim that this does anything besides make some people feel good and some people feel bad. You know, all of this is purely a religious belief. It it has nothing to do with science, even social science, which is sort of squishy science to begin with. But, you know, I would want to know if I'm a company and you're telling me I have to do these anti-racism trainings, you know, what actual results should I expect to see in my company? You know, should we expect to do this anti-racism training and then like our team cohesion is better? Because well, my thought is, it seems to me like if I were on a team of people who was trying to do something in a company and you put us all through this training, I would think our team cohesion would be a lot worse at the end. But what do I know? And I don't know if anybody's actually studied it to see if like performances improve in the company or people do better or any of this stuff. I would think these would be the kinds of things that people would want to know, you know? Well, right. And not only that. Am I on? I can't hear me, right? Okay. I can Not only me. that, but we had the president-elect a few days ago say that for COVID relief businesses, it would be prioritized by race. Mm-hmm. You will get help during this pandemic. You will get a, a lifeboat in order of race. That is it. Right. So in black and brown and Asian and whatever, mm-hmm. and women, mm-hmm. and in white men, Come last. So is that nurturing racism or is that not? Is that hashtag unity or is that not? I mean, yeah. Because I think that if anybody's fomenting racism here, it's these people. Like, I think that this hyper-awareness around 
around racial identity and making it such a big factor. I mean, like, if you want to cause people to start to think about their whiteness, I I can't imagine what could be better for that than this. Right. Well, (laughs) and also, I have another question about my buddy John Sullivan. Okay. John Earl Sullivan. Mm -hmm. John Earl Sullivan is a black man. Oh, is he really? Yes. So... What is it about his terrorism? That I kind of want to know cultivated? what he was wearing during this. Was he wearing like MAGA apparel? He was wearing um like um armor. Interesting. Yeah, he was wearing. He was dressed like uh like the Antifa dudes are generally mm-hmm. dressed. Um, yeah, they do have a full a full um description of what he was wearing. He was actually with another person who was filming him. As a matter of fact. <laughs> And that other person was filming him, and they celebrated afterwards in the rotunda. There's video of that too. It's a young lady huh. saying, "Yes, we did it. That was your greatest movie ever." Of him going and doing this stuff. So, yeah. I count two who are not like the others uh, as far so as far. ideology so far, and that's that's putting uh, Antler guy in with uh, on the Trump side. Yeah, and like I was telling you today, zip tie guy was there with his mom. The woman next right. to him in the in the photos is his mom, yeah. who he lives with. Who, well, not, still doesn't mean he's not protest. a he's not a crazy psycho. No, and I think they're probably both crazy psychos. I mean, like to have, be wandering the rotunda with zip tie or the you know the speakers, the halls of Congress with zip tie cuffs. You have to be pretty out there, I think. But but yeah, I mean, like this isn't this isn't an army. You know, this isn't Trump trying to do a military coup. And that was the other thing that was so ridiculous about what Juliet Kahn was saying there. It's just, like, that he's the operational leader of this terrorist force. Like, I don't think Trump wanted them to do this. No. I don't think so at all. I mean, I, you know, Trump talks a lot of... He's a big bleep talker, you know, and that's what he does. So he's going to rail on about Pence on Twitter. He doesn't expect anybody to go and physically attack Mike Pence. That's... No, uh, no, but I mean, still, it was way the hell out of line for for even for even having the you know. Oh, but he was the, out the of line. Broke the, him, so. He was in, out of line in a lot of ways, but he didn't. He was. He's not the operational leader of a terrorist organization, right? And, and that's another, <laughs> that's, that's another mean, reason like, why the impeachment is so dumb because they said he incited uh, people to attack the Capitol when at that moment he said peaceful. You know, you could say in spirit that, uh, you know, considering he never says what they say, so they just say he nodded and winked. Mm-hmm. So he nodded and winked, go go up the steps and crash the window and kill people. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but that's that's bold. And I'm, I'm also, I'm also just, it's going to be interesting to see how strong this push is. So, uh, you know, even in my professional capacity, I have seen close up, mm-hmm. set, yeah, even just since the summer. Right. That how these, how some of these uh, folks who benefit from from um, pushing or using intersectionality and racism as extortion, extortion, mm-hmm. uh, how they work. Yeah, and I've seen them emboldened and on the move in 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 proximity, and it'll be interesting to see just how how much this this uh, hunt for people who don't believe the same thing you believe will go mm-hmm. because and that's why this is so damn dangerous and the, the fact that Biden is pandering and using divisive racially divisive language is incredible and by the mm-hmm. way 
what kind of guy who cultivate, cultivates racism, like Donald Trump does, had loudly had outreach to black, black, black youths in, in the White House, including right. Candace Owens, including a bunch of other folks who was at every turn bragging incessantly about low black unemployment. Right. He loved it. Seems- it seems... Not like what a white supremacist would do. Yes, you don't make the condition for young black men better if you're a a, right. a, a, a racist. Right. So I found out someone else was a white supremacist today that I didn't realize was a white supremacist and a Nazi. Um, and uh, I don't know if you knew this, but um, did you realize that Ben Shapiro is a Nazi? Actually, I have heard that he's a Nazi and an anti-Semite. As a matter of fact. Yeah. So. Um, uh, we he, we, have we not discussed this yet? No, we haven't yet. So, I can't believe it. so Politico uh, let they they uh, let let him write. I did discuss let, this. They let him write the newsletter. Oh, maybe when I wasn't in here. Was that when it was? I don't know. Maybe. But so okay, they, you go. You can do it better anyway. Yeah. So, so they let Ben Shapiro write their newsletter, the playbook for Politico. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the day before allowed um chris hayes chris hayes to do it so it was like a lefty and a righty media person they were trying to like hit both sides and so ben shapiro wrote this like i thought pretty innocuous editorial thing that was pretty much saying like you know it it was basically like here's what conservatives are thinking that you don't know about it wasn't making some big you know conservative point about taxes or but i mean it wasn't about immigration it wasn't it was saying you know here's what here's what conservatives think right now you know that that was it it wasn't really it's called the real reason most republicans opposed impeachment and basically the point he makes is that um he says unity looks like a lot like sign on to our agenda or be lumped in with the Capitol rioters. Republicans believe that Democrats in the overwhelmingly liberal media see impeachment as an attempt to cudgel them collectively by lumping them in with the Capitol rioters thanks to their support for Trump. So, I mean, I don't think that's a particularly crazy or controversial position. Do you? No, of course not. I mean, he's basically just saying like, you know, the way that you're acting about conservatives is uh, that's why they're not voting to impeach Trump. And if you could just not overplay your hand, then maybe they'd go along with impeaching Trump. So anyway, um, I didn't think much of this. I saw that he wrote the thing this morning and there was some chatter and I was like, oh, OK, whatever. I kind of glanced through it, but it didn't seem that exciting to me. So I like didn't look back at the story. And then later I see that Ben Shapiro is still trending. And I'm like, really? People are still talking about this, that he wrote this thing. It's like not even that exciting. So, but apparently they had a New York Times style mutiny over their Slack channel and uh, had a big argument and they can't believe that this was allowed to happen. And um, and their editor, uh, Matt Kaminsky, he said that um, they're not a part of a team and he said that they've, uh, that mischief making has always been a part of Politico's secret sauce. So, you know, it's like, he's like, we're going to, you know, throw some people in there that aren't conventional. I mean, I tend to think Ben Shapiro is pretty conventional and yeah. mainstream and not like that. It's not like they had Alex Jones write something. And even that, like, that would be mischief making, actually, if you had Alex Jones write an editorial. But like, Ben Shapiro to me is like mainstream. I don't know. So anyway, people didn't like that, uh, that uh, he said 
that having Ben Shapiro in was mischief making <laughs> and that uh, they they have diverse views and that they don't pick a team. People were not pleased. They had a call with 225 people on it later that day from their organization screaming at each other about who could possibly have allowed this to happen, who could possibly have allowed Ben Shapiro to sully their um, incredibly important institution by putting his terrible views in there and um, and all over twitter people are yelling at this editor and i just i couldn't even believe these these comments so um basically here's one politico editor-in-chief dismisses giving notorious crazy person ben shapiro a platform as mischief making Ben Shapiro doesn't need your platform at Politico, first of all. He has, right. like, the biggest podcast, like, second to Rogan, practically, ever. But anyway, um, it goes on. Kaminsky gave a platform to a known bigot because of potential site traffic. What a sham. <laughs> he says, I'm not interested in views that involve seeing other groups of people as lesser. So what exactly, what exactly about saying that Republicans don't want to impeach because Democrats are mean to them. What what says that other people are less? I don't know. Somebody else is not interested. They're not interested in reading a publication that thinks having a domestic terrorist write a guest column is mischief making. There you go. White supremacist, domestic <laughs> terrorist. We were merely carrying water for fascists for diversity. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. God, it's so... Freaking, but get so There are boring. plenty of conservative leaning journalists you could have asked to do this who don't promote lies and amplify white supremacists. Ugh. Handing a right wing propagandist a megaphone days after a violent failed coup led by right wing propaganda. Okay, but the dude is a Nazi. I'm confident you don't need to include <laughs> white nationalism in your range of views. Jesus Christ. Mischief making has been a part of Politico's secret sauce doesn't seem like a good response to why did you turn your main newsletter over to a white supremacist? <sighs> During a staff-wide Zoom call, the, the, the people were vocally upset and demanded answers for why Company Brass published Shapiro the day after Congress voted to impeach Trump. We demand answers. <laughs> Can you imagine that? From 24-year-old. So, yeah, but I mean, if Ben Shapiro, who's entirely inoffensive, I mean, and I know that they've been trying to get him banned off everything for a while, at least banned off all college campuses for a while, but people said this would never spread off of college campuses, right? Like, and I know everybody on the right beats this to death all the time, but what's next? Like, if you say that Politico can't publish Ben Shapiro, you know, how quickly can you say he has to be taken off Apple Podcasts? How, when does he have to be taken off Google Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts? When does he have to be taken? I mean, the Steve Bannon's War Room got taken off a bunch of podcast places. It was less talked about than Parler being destroyed off the internet. But, you know, Steve Bannon, people can make a case, is kind of extreme. Ben Shapiro is, like, not extreme at all. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I mean when he, in his younger days, when he was late uh, teens, early 20s, he was more of a like pack dump, d dunking on yeah. people. But yeah, no, he seems to be a thoroughly decent guy. And he's pretty you, you don't have to like his ideology, but and it's not lazy. A it's a well people. thought out ideology. He's not somebody who's intellectually short minded. I mean, he can expand on everything he believes in. Right. I mean, I've always viewed his actual positions on things is pretty standard conservative fare. You know, he's pretty mainline conservative, 
Like, I would think he would agree with Paul Ryan on pretty much everything. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And he was actually a, a, a never a very anti-Trump guy until Trump started rolling. Right. I mean, he, he left Breitbart because of the the never Trump stuff. He was in a fight with Bannon and all those people. And I mean, I know that's like conservative inside baseball to a lot of people, but he's not a Trump person particularly. And he's not a MAGA person particularly. And he's certainly not a Nazi or a white supremacist or anything to do with the alt-right. In fact, he may be the person who's taken the most hate from the alt-right of anybody Mm. on the entire internet. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) He does so well that, um, that people can't stand it. So yeah. So if you're a, if you're saying that Ben Shapiro doesn't deserve to be published anywhere because he's that much of a bigot and a white supremacist and a Nazi. He's Jewish, by the way. I don't know. I, I assume everyone knows this, but Ben Shapiro is Jewish. So calling him a Nazi is a little weird. Well, I mean, Ivanka is uh, Jewish now, too, but she's supposedly a Nazi. You know, They just are. You cannot allow to ask <sighs> why. I just... I- the idea that anybody's actually saying that he's a Nazi and a white supremacist and all this stuff is is so insane to me. It's really, really worrisome because it really is, you know, you don't have to be, you know, have a gift of clairvoyance to imagine how this could play out in the future and, and imagine that it might not just stop with Alex Jones and Trump, you know. Uh, There's this fantastic thing. Um, I'm sorry. You can't. Do you know Harold Ford Jr. Alice? Not really. He. Um. I forgot where he's from, but he almost. He. He was. He was a. He was the next big thing for Democratic mm-hmm. politics in around 2008. He was going to be young, exciting guy. Anyway, he's a big lefty, and he, I, I have no big problem with him. But anyway, they were doing this live shot from his house. You know, mm-hmm. he's doing a hit on Fox News. And they do a live shot from his house, and then uh, and <laughs> there's two screenshots captured here. One shows a painting in the background. Another one shows the camera moves, so you can't see the painting behind mm-hmm. him anymore. And the painting that's there behind him is Mao Zedong. Chairman <laughs> Mao. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, How crazy wow. is this world? How crazy is this world? I don't even know Seems what to... Normal. Time for a Truth and Reconciliation Commission, It's I the one-year anniversary, Alice, of the World Health Organization tweet that says, Preliminary investigation conducted by the Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of the human-to-human transmission of the novel coronavirus. Well, that's good. There you go. Well, science said that, so, so I assume we can yes, stand by that. I believe the science. So there you go. Meanwhile, at that time, Trump was telling people maybe we should wear masks, and they were saying, <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. You crazy person. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so what else is going on with you, Alice? Anything? Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, we mentioned Olivia Nuzzi. There's another uh, kind of story on Twitter. This guy, Mark Futterman, was tweeting that a very talented friend of mine who interned with GOP leader and at 20 was one of the highest ranked staffers in the Trump campaign was fired from his new job when a client found out he worked for Trump. He now can't afford rent. He wasn't part of the Capitol riots. He didn't support or defend them. He was not outspoken at his new company about politics. Their client, an NHL team, found his LinkedIn and threatened to cancel the contract with his company if they didn't remove him. So they did. Jesus. Oh, that's great. Uh, so, yeah. I don't want to end on a low note, Alice. It's a Thursday, Friday show. Mm-hmm. So, let me think of something. Oh, Alice. Oh, yes. We have good news. It's time regarding- for an email. 
It's time for the knee mail. So we have good news about Tom's knee. We've received just reams of advice about Tom's knee. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Um, Tom's going to look into it and see if it could possibly be a torn meniscus, maybe. But in the meantime, he's um, been given um, some good advice here. Uh, Cameron writes uh, that he owns a couple of running stores. Oh. And he's seen people with a variety of injuries. A couple of things to consider. Did you significantly increase your mileage or intensity over the last six months to a year? Yeah, that's true. Often I will see people who get injured when they drastically increase mileage and intensity. The injury does not happen overnight. It's an aggregate and cumulative effect. Running and walking are very repetitive forms of exercise, doing the same thing over and over again. So I always encourage people not to do the same mileage every day and gradually increase their mileage. Pick some easy days and maybe a couple of days of longer walks or higher intensity. Dang. Find a trail close to the house, something's more dirt or grass and has some rolls to it. It will be softer on your knees and the small hills will force you to use different muscle groups as opposed to using the same ones, which can cause weakness. Hmm. Drop down your mileage every fourth week to allow your body to rest. Damn, that's good. That is, I have not been doing that. And I have been, mm-hmm. I, I have been finding, I mean, I, you know, I've been trying to take these walks that include some big, big hills, you know, um, so that I'll, I'll get cardiovascular exercise mm-hmm. i figure at least even though i'm a fat i'll uh, i'll have like lungs that are serviceable when the uh, coronavirus invades them <laughs> so that's good he says also go to a good running store there's a jack rabbit in newburyport although they are a chain that tries to dupe you into believing they are locally owned and operated Ooh, weasels. I've, i went to a very exclusive place already Called J.C. Penny, where I'm a uh-huh. gold card holder. I'm not sure that's a good running store, though. Well, but I like these. I got some mm-hmm. good shoes. They're, okay, I'll I mean, have someone right. fit you. Our I don't do like that. I don't like going in there. wearing the wrong hey, shoes. I don't like going into a running store where somebody asks me some perfunctory if questions. If you are wearing some sort then, of Skechers or Nike shoes. And then me step shoe. outside and run down the sidewalk mm-hmm. as they check my gate. If you are but, wearing some sort of Skechers or Nike shoe, I can guarantee you are wearing the wrong shoes. Well, I'm glad you said that because... Although this the my uh, my uh, high end J C Penny both had those and for a moment I had some Nikes mm-hmm. in my paw and Skechers and I was yeah. going to buy Nikes, I remembered that New Balance was being canceled because they gave to the presidential inauguration mm-hmm. for Trump or something like that, and so I bought New Balance. I think uh, they print. had him come to the factory like at the beginning of the presidency too. Well, I yeah. don't remember. Anyway, have someone look at you and evaluate your gait. Plus, the quality right. level of the shoes sold at a specialty running sh- store, top level. Look at brands like Brooks, New Balance, Saucony, Hoka, Mizuno, New and Balance. Asics. Oh, yeah. A- Asics, actually, were. I used to wear those. I, mm-hmm. Those are good, too. They didn't have them at uh, JCPenney. Interesting. Okay. Um, Thank you. That's a very constructive thing. Once again, if people don't know, I hurt my knee. Uh, simply like kick shoveling because I was my back was too hurt to be able to throw the snow anymore, so I had to just hold the shovel and then kick it away with my leg, mm-hmm. and I did that for the entire driveway. Um, Repetitive and, stress injury, right? And 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 like was that Cameron? You say that was Cameron. Yeah. Like Cameron says, um, I've been walking in since about June, I think May mm-hmm. or June. I've been walking in a lot of those times. It was like five miles a day, sometimes a little bit more, depending. Mm-hmm. And I'm not overly thin. And then we have advice from Cameron as well, who's a physical therapist. A different Cameron? Oh, no. Sorry. This is Connor. Connor. Connor's okay. a physical therapist. Cameron owns running stores. Um, Cameron says... Not I d- that there aren't allowed to be two Camerons, but I'm just <laughs> surprised. 
It's Connor a, sounds two, like somebody who's in shape. Names. It's two C names. It's two C names, so that's a high. I definitely encourage you to continue walking. It's good to remain active while working through something like this. The key is controlling how far and how long you walk for a little while. Hmm. It's okay to feel a little discomfort in your knee, but keep it at or below a 5 out of 10 on a subjective pain scale of 0 to 10. Interesting. So what I've been doing is walking at a much slower pace, Mm -hmm. which is making my four-mile walk take like two hours. But I've been almost uh, shuffling uh, because I can't do much more than that. Alice gave you great advice in recommending a compression wrap. You can oh, yeah. wrap your knee with an ace bandage or use a knee sleeve. I'd wear this when you go for your walks or if you're going to go on your be on your feet for a while. Very nice. And I, Alice, I wore it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he Although I didn't walk today. And then he sends you some videos from YouTube Damn, of you exercises, a quad set or short arc quads. Try to do these exercises two times per day. What's a quad? Like a quadricep muscle? Yeah. That's your, your. Is that the thing that I? That's pull? your front thigh. Oh, it's the front thing. Okay. Okay, I, I definitely can okay. tell you this that I've done in my life uh, fat camp, and, mm-hmm. and one of the things they do is you know strength. Mm-hmm. You know, not not only core training, but like really strengthening every muscle group using different Pilates things and other other stuff. Yeah. And that was a huge help in any kind of pain I ever had, like pain building all these other muscles. They act like. It made my legs into shock absorbers. That that was a huge help. I don't have like uh, guidance in doing it now, but I really should. I have yeah. a good computer in a, in yeah, a house. Yeah, so there is – he sent two videos and he said, uh, try to do the exercises two times per day for two to three sets of 10 reps each. Hmm. These awesome. are a few basic recommendations without having evaluated you in person. If none of this yeah, that's works, a, that's a good thing. By the way, my... your recommendation may get a far more drastic if you did. <laughs> if none of this works, in my non-clinical opinion, alcohol is a great alternative. Kidding, of course. <laughs> Kidding, of course. Uh, let me know if you have any questions. Happy to help. Oh, so. very nice. So, see, everybody's helping a bunch you. Of good people, Alice. Maybe we should just ask for therapy over the podcast too. Oh yeah, I need <laughs> therapy. Ideally, somebody attractive and female. Ideally. Um, but you could just send an email. Tell us what you think is wrong with Tom, and we'll yes, see. Yes, why am we I can... addicted to everything? <laughs> why am I addicted to everything? Everything I can attain with my money, I do. Although I don't uh, have a drug problem. But food and beer and um, it's like I do everything to matter, excess. To excess, exactly. To clam sauce, like to to hot sauce. Why am mm-hmm. I a jerk? But yeah. You, so you know if what? you have, if you have any. Um, Professional or non-professional evaluations of yes. what's wrong with Tom, feel free to send them it, our way. It can be Trump's doctor's <laughs> advice or whatever it is. And you can just, I, I am happy to know. And uh, and uh, Or if there's just a pill. Or if there is a, if there is a, an illicit hard drug out there that I should be uh, looking for on the streets. <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't know. If you I, have any new addictions you think he should get into, I mean. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, obviously, no. I do. I have every addiction. I know you I don't do. have a gambling addiction. I do. I just don't have any money, and I don't have any place to do it. I don't think I, you have a gambling. I don't think that's your thing. You aren't the type of person that you would sit by a slot machine and just keep pulling it. No, well, that's that's not a thing. First of all, it hasn't been very easy because we don't have any. Well, now we have a casino around here. Mm-hmm. It's one of my untapped addictions. Else. It's coming. <laughs> don't worry about that. Oh, goodness. All right. So I am going to, tomorrow, I, I, I assume I'll be talking to Jordan Rich tomorrow, who's the the Boston radio legend. 
and hopefully we'll have that up this weekend. Of course, we'll be back Sunday, um, and there possibly earlier if something goes on and something could go on. You know, there's uh, there there are expected to be some. Unfortunately, there could be some uh, unrest in the streets this weekend. And so if that happens to any degree, then we will talk about that. Thank you very much. Thanks for those great emails and that advice. I really appreciate that. And, and thanks to all our listeners, really. You're all great. And that is people true. sending us pictures of you and your merch. Cameron also sent us pictures of him and merchandise. Oh, that's as well. great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I think this stuff's pretty good. If you think it sucks, then let me know. But we, we got pretty much one of everything. The cups were terrible. The the glassware mm-hmm. was not good. Although the water bottles were the good. The water bottles were good. We have a toast water bottle and yeah. a 1570 water bottle. If, if you think there's something else that you might be interested in, let, let us know. Or I still haven't made the crazy is not just Beyonce's husband. We shirt. need that. Okay. Hey, we'll have that. That's for this weekend. Okay. And also, um, if there's a specific guest you want us to try to book as well, we have a bunch in mind. But like I said, this weekend I'm going to be talking to Jordan Rich, who's a Boston radio guy. If you're at all interested in the world of radio, but you don't mm-hmm. know who he is or these stations are because you're not around from Boston, then it might, will still be interesting for you. Or uh, or you can do like I do sometimes. I'll just listen to sports podcasts, and I have no idea what they're talking about, but I just like to hear the people talking. <laughs> you know, um, Then you can do that. But thank you for another great week. We really appreciate it. Things are... Next week will come. We will have the new president. There, that is, there are mixed blessings in there. There are good things that can happen. Even though the Republicans lost the Senate, this mm-hmm. is a president who is who's coming in as a weak president. The Democrats have tiny majorities, and um, and we'll see. That means there could be some negotiation, which means uh, legislating uh, like it was meant to be. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so for more like this, you can check us out on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Keep those emails coming. Try and diagnose more of Tom's problems while we're at it here. We might as well. That's uh, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. And you can also check out our YouTube channel. Um, you can see video versions of the podcasts and all that there. That's Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel on YouTube. Say la vie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.